And now, the cleanest hour in podcasting with your host, Ralph Peterson. This is the Housekeepers Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housekeepers Podcast. Dare I say the cleanest hour in podcasting. And I've got to tell you, this week today has just been a the whole week's been a real joy. And today is going to be even better. It's going to be so much fun with my friend Josiah Moore. What's happening, brother? How you doing, Ralph? I'm doing really great, man. I am so excited to have you on because, you know, I'm pitching all the time, trying to find people to be on the show. And I'm always, you know, just unique ways. And there are a few times when people recommend other people to me. And you were the first person that somebody recommended you to me without knowing who you were. <laughs> so how does that how does that work? What it is is a friend of mine went, <laughs> Yeah. A friend of mine went to an event at the at the Dr. Phillips Center, which is where you work. Correct. And they said, whoever cleans this place needs to be on your podcast. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And that's how, that's how I found you. I started researching. I'm like, who the heck is the, you know, the executive housekeeper, <laughs> the manager over at Dr. Phillips Center? And that's how I found you. So thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It seems like you do a really great job down there. So where is the Dr. Phillips Center? It is in, it is in Florida, right? Yes, it's in Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful, right across from the city hall, as a matter of fact, downtown Orlando. So, Oh, uh, very cool. Okay. Very cool. So did you grow up in Florida? Are you from there? I am actually born and raised in Orlando. So oh, I, no kidding. That's rare. <laughs> it's like Vegas, right? It's like one of those places where nobody's ever from there. And here you are. You're from. So what was it like growing up in Orlando? A lot of trips to Disney. <laughs> nice, a little jealous. All right, here we go. You know, sun, sunshine in in the winter time. So you know, I can't complain there. Okay. Yeah. So what? So you went to school in Orlando? Did you did you play sports in school or did you work at all? Um, I was. I had a little bit of everything. I was in band. I was in band pretty much all through high school. I ran track, did a little football, a little bit of football. So you know, I consider myself a athletic venture. You know. What instrument did you play in band? Snare drum. I nice. Was, I was the drum captain. So wow, a lot of good time and, and yeah, yeah, love it. That's fantastic. So, did you work at all in um, high school or went in high school? Even in grade school, like when did you? Um, what was your I, first job? First job at Nicky D's in, in high school. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was a Burger King kid myself. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man, good stuff. Uh, a million percent. What did your parents do? My mom, she was, she actually got into law enforcement while I was in in high school, and just uh, continued there. My dad, he was a cook by trade, so I and I consider myself an awesome cook as well. That's something I do on the side, you know, do a little culinary. I love cooking. I love <laughs> it. I'm right there with you. I'm right yeah. there with you. Love entertaining the family with a good plate of food. <laughs> There's nothing better, right? Nothing yeah. better than making something that you think is great, but then somebody else is like, "Oh my god!" That whatever it is, what what's the meal that you bring to all your all your uh, like family gatherings? Do you have my a dish? Spe- my specialty is chicken, so I do. I, I curry chicken. I grill it. I just had some amazing barbecue. I, I was nice. 
better finish function for Labor Day. So I'm usually the go-to man um, on the grill for those. Nice. So yeah. My my dish, the one dish that is so lame, it truly is. But my dish to family functions is stuffing muffins, <laughs> which all it is, it's just stuffing. Well, not just stuffing. I mean, I try to church it up, of course, to make it really great. But then I cook it in muffin tins because I like crunchy stuffing. And so the muffin tin, you know, it's crispy all the way around. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to steal that one for you. Right? I'm gonna Please to- do. Please do. It's all yours. And it comes in, you know, with a muffin tin. It's a serving size. Right, right. And I hope you, <laughs> you, I hope you use cranberry sauce as well. Of course. Love cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce when you're talking about stuff. Yeah, a million percent. A million percent. So that's really fantastic. So your dad's a cook. Your mom works in law enforcement. Do you have any siblings at all? I am the only child. Ah, good for you. I'm the youngest of four. Trust me, you made out well. (laughs) Yes, yes. A lot of people are like, I wish I had a brother or a sister. Yeah, unless you're the youngest. Trust me. You don't want to be the youngest. Beat up on, picked on. I think that's what I picked up some of my early housekeeping skills. So who else is going to clean the house? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So out of high school, what did you do? What was your first like official job, real job? Did you go to college? I did go to college. I spent some time in the community college here uh, locally in Orlando. And then I actually went into missions and law enforcement myself. I was a CEO for a correction wow. officer. Wow. But it wasn't for me, you know, so I quickly exited to the left of that. <laughs> it wouldn't be for me either. I went. I just did a presentation up in New Hampshire just that gosh, I think it was more than a year ago now, but for the Bureau of Prisons. And they let me, you know, they took me on a tour. That's the worst tour in my, (laughs) like, who wants the tour? It wasn't, you know, I could not imagine working there. Ah, no. But um, shortly after that is when I find myself in the hospitality industry. I began at Westgate Resort. I spent a lot of my, a lot of my uh, beginning of my career there um, where I really, grew professionally and uh, got some great mentors, learned the hospitality industry. So I spent almost 10 years at Westgate Resorts here in Orlando. So how did you how did you get in there? Like, what was your first job? First job, Ralph, was a bellman, actually. I was just in guest services, working under the uh, bell staff there, uh, taking luggage to the room. And just, I just grew from there. I always had a, a passion for people, and I was always a people person, always had a smile on my face. So they quickly learned that they could, um, you know, use that passion to grow me in the um, in that department and beyond. So yeah, that's where I started out there. I, I quickly became the supervisor of that department and you know put some um, put some customer service techniques and programs into play. And so one day the director of housekeeping there was like, "Hey, we could use that customer service aspect." housekeeping because you can always use service in any department that you're in. So um, they saw a need and I feel that need there in the rest of the system I've been in housekeeping. You know, I interviewed a guy from India named Panji and you're kind of saying a similar story where he too, like in India, when you start working in hotels and in hospitality, you kind of work in all the, you work in the front desk, you work as a bellman, you work in the culinary, you work in housekeeping, right? And then you as you go through it, you kind of choose like what's the best fit for you. And for him, it was the housekeeping side. He just absolutely loved it. And it sounds like you got, you got a similar story here. I love it, man. Housekeeping is, you know, especially if you have one of the departments that, you know, it's big, 
it's plenty of, and at that time, you know, I had was, I was a part of maybe, it was a hundred plus housekeepers all together. How many rooms? How many rooms was the hotel? Oh my gosh. Over 2,500 rooms. It was a big wow. timeshare. It's a timeshare resort. So, I mean, we had several managers in that area. Wow. You know, just like family, a lot of these uh, housekeeping departments are, are family. You know, you spend a lot of time with them and you try to make it to where they love coming to work because, you know, to be honest with you, we do the, the grunt, you know, the work that a lot of people don't want to do. Uh, people wouldn't want to get, you know, you know, clean toilets and clean up after people, you know, on the, for a living. So the best thing I can do as a manager is to train them and develop them and make sure that they at least love what they do and they're able to move up if they want to in the career ladder and make sure they feel like they're a vital part of the family. I think that is it's certainly what drew like, well, I mean, honestly, what drew me to housekeeping, it was they were the, they were the only people that would, who would hire me. But. <laughs> right, I was like, first job, you know, the housekeeper was taking anybody. I was like, oh, I could do it then. But I love that it is the kind of industry where the entry is super low, low barrier to enter into the industry. And then the sky is truly the limit. It's all up to you. Yeah. If you've got a poor attitude and you want to sneak around and try to get away with not doing as much as you're supposed to be doing, there's a place for you. But it's not, there's very limited places <laughs> for you, right? I mean, we hire them. But, yeah, yeah. But conversely, if you are, you don't even have to be the greatest. If you show up on time, if you work hard, if you have a good, you know, demeanor, you're happy, you're smiling, putting guests first. I mean, how easy is it to grow in this industry? Yeah, that great attitude, having a great attitude can, you know, put you in, you know, create numbers of opportunities for you. A million percent. Organization, definitely. Yeah. Having a great yeah. attitude. Plus, we can train you. I can train you how to clean, but um, having that great attitude and wanting to come to work and be responsible, that's another level that, you know, you require to have. No question. And you did this for 10 years there, yeah? Almost 10 years, yeah. yeah. Why did you leave? You know, hospitality, especially in Orlando, you rarely have a weekend or a holiday off. <laughs> and I have... You mean I, never. Right, right. <laughs> Now and then, you know, you might sneak one in, but I had two young children at the time and I just hated the fact that I was missing out on pretty much every holiday and every weekend with them. So, I, you know, I wanted to make sure I was spending that time and getting the, that valuable time with them. So I made a little move from the hospitality industry. Yeah. How long ago did you make the move? Ooh, that was, well, my daughter, my son is, so it's about almost seven years, almost seven years ago. And, and I landed from there. I went into sort of the healthcare. I was with um, a senior living facility um, for a while. As a housekeeper manager? Housekeeper manager, yeah. Wow. Our, we are completely in sync here. I did the same thing. It's exactly what happened to me. I went from the, the hotel industry. I actually, I had a little spot in there between hotel cleaning and nursing home cleaning, senior care cleaning. I did house cleaning for a little bit. Right in the center there, I did some house cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Which is also a pretty great business if you can get into it. Indeed, it is. Yeah. So from there, so I did a little bit of house cleaning, but it was the most, I wouldn't say odd, but it was definitely interesting. So after the senior living facility, I ended up doing like, not college dorm, but I worked for a company that subleased apartments to students, college students. And that was an experience altogether. <laughs> <laughs> were you just in charge of, when it comes to cleaning? Were you just in charge of like common spaces and parking garages and that kind of well, thing? 
I was in charge of actually inspecting their apartments. So you never knew what you was going to unlock <laughs> on that door once you entered in the apartment. <laughs> you mean when they left, that's when you'd be doing the inspection yeah. or even well, when they were there? When they would leave. Also, we had monthly inspections just to make sure um, they're not tearing up the place too much because, you know, we would have to turn these back into the community that they lived in. So we would have our monthly inspections to where students are in-house. And yeah, so we try to, we definitely give them a warning that we're coming. <laughs> get thrown out, you know, with the trash. And I come and they um, definitely are not prepared to fail <laughs> their inspection. When I was in the Marine Corps, we used to have weekly inspections. And when I first got there, I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. Like you have to do a room inspection or a weekly inspection. I was like, so what? Doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Then the inspector came and took out my dresser. I don't mean look behind it. I mean, pulled it out of the room. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Did you clean under the dresser? And I was like, no, I didn't move the dresser. And they were like, no, no, no. And they flipped the dresser over. Clothes are going everywhere under the dresser. Like the, I was like, you yeah. guys are legit. Here, here we go. <laughs> So I wasn't that kind of inspector. I didn't go that. I wasn't flipping over, flipping over dresses, you know. I was just saying, I was never prepared either. I was like, well, I, I thought I was prepared. <laughs> Most of them do. Most of them think they're prepared, but they still fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> harsh, brother. Harsh. Right, oh, right. no. Yeah. <laughs> when you were working, when you were working in senior care. Yeah. How big of a facility was it? How many beds was it? It was in a medium-sized facility, and it was, I think, about maybe 200 beds. It wasn't, it wasn't that big. It wasn't that big. Um, yeah, so, so would you run, like, eight, ten staff members then? Yeah. Bed? Yeah. So Did wait. you like it? Because that's a whole – I mean, that's – you know, I mean, for those who don't know, you're going from cleaning rooms where nobody's in it, and, right, especially in resorts, you're basically trying to work around people, and they're gone, so you get in there and, and clean up. In right. nursing homes, senior care, hospitals, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> they're watching you clean. They're there. They're watching you clean. In in a lot of cases, in this case, I was definitely hands-on to where I was cleaning. And, you know, I was the floor tech manager slash floor tech. I learned how to buff floors there. I learned how to do it all because, you know, you that was the first place, you know, really picked up learning how to just adapt and use the short amount of uh, small resources I have to get the job done. because. As you probably know, working in there, you have these state inspections that happen. And if you're not having a state inspection, you're preparing for a state inspection. million percent. It's all about the inspection. So to pretty much your own call 24-7 because they could come anytime. <laughs> yeah. What they call a survey, right? A state right. survey. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Live and die by state surveys. I have, I have been working in healthcare for a very long time. I have gone through hundreds of state surveys. I should write a book just on surveys. <laughs> you should. Either. I would buy it. I would buy it. How not to fail a survey, you know. <laughs> I've been tagged. That's what they call it when they catch you doing something wrong. They tag you. And I have been tagged on nearly everything. I mean, I've gotten it wrong. I think I've gotten every single thing you can get wrong over the last 20 years. I've gotten every single thing. Not all at once, but you know. One building, I'm like, oh, really great. And the next building, I'm like, ah, oh, cubicle curtain, son of a. Next building, oh, great. Next building, band-aids on the floor. Really? <laughs> Man, you know, cubicle curtains was my nightmare. You know? <laughs> cubicle <laughs> curtains suck. 
the heat of hidden miss situation, you know. So what what's clean? It's in the eyes of the beholder when it comes. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I always, when it comes to cubicle curtains, and again, if you're not familiar with healthcare at all, it's a privacy curtain. So if you've ever been to the hospital and they're going to do something on you, they pull that little curtain that's called a cubicle curtain or a privacy curtain. And I'm always teaching my housekeeping managers this whole concept of bed management when it comes to making sure that you move the bed so that the resident, the person in the bed can't reach the privacy curtain because if they reach it they'll use it they'll wipe their mouth they'll wipe the table they're yes <laughs> that is so true yeah definitely didn't want to do a black light on the cubicle curtain <laughs> i don't want to do a black light on anything truth be told i'm like <laughs> you know we have lights that show that i'm like i don't want to see i i'll pass I yeah but you know what's really great is how much you truly learn about floor care. Floor care is, will make or break you in a healthcare facility. So funny story, you know, I told you it was my, this is my first time using uh, floor equipment. So imagine me um, having the, the scrubber machine and it's my first time. So I don't really you know how to operate it all that well. So you're talking um, about a high speed buffer or a slow high, speed? High speed buffer. High speed. Sure. Yeah. Go uh-huh. ahead. It's my third day, and my regional is taking me to the room. He said, we're going to do buff this room out. And mind you, the walls are pretty much thin, pretty thin. And so we go. They're small (laughs) room. So I'm thinking, I got it. I got control of it. All right? I got a good, nice, firm grip on the buff. Okay? We're going to turn it on. There was a hole in the wall by the time I left out of the room. The end of my job. You know, I, I have a hole in the wall. Yeah, it's over. Too funny. That that story times, you know, a hundred is exactly how it happens for all of us. You know, when you first turn that machine on, you're like, oh, hey, hey. It definitely does not go the, the way that you want it to go directly. <laughs> Automatically. You know, it's funny, you know, like uh, five days later, you're doing it with one hand, right? Like two fingers. <laughs> one turn and you, you're a pro. Yeah. 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 So it's all, you know, it's just a learning curve, but I've seen a lot of walls get damaged an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. You learn when you're teaching somebody how to use a buffer for the first time to put yourself in the buffer's path. Like I'll put my foot in front of it so I know where it's going to swing to. So I'll just catch it with my foot, you know, so I hit a wall. But yeah, yeah. So great. So are great. You, are you just duck when they put it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you get out of turn it on, you know. Yeah, a million percent. So <laughs> <laughs> too funny. So you you leave there, you go from healthcare and you start doing this dorm cleaning inspecting. When did you go to is that from there did you go to the Dr. Phillips or was there um, another place? From there I went to it, I went back into healthcare uh, doing uh, doctor's offices. It's a it's a compass group. Um, yeah, like a commercial cleaning. Commercial cleaning. Mm. So a lot of the well, You've uh, done it all. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the center cares and and uh, outpatient areas we were mm-hmm. doing doctor's office and stuff like that i had locations i would travel to supervise and manage and make sure they were cleaning their units good so that was an experience just because you are a kind con- you know they have contracts and every every client is different so i would go into one office building and they would like their floors looking this way and you know their rooms their offices smelling that way and then you go somewhere else and it was completely different 
So it was all up to, you really had to anticipate what the client needed. So that was definitely, a, it was a learning experience too that I enjoyed is picking up the different things and creating those relationships to where you have one contract and based upon how good you clean that building, you can be referred to someone else. And now you've made a profit for the company because of the job that you do and the rapport that you have with the client. So, yeah, so that was definitely a learning tool it's, you know, that I put in my pocket moving forward. Did you ever, because most of the cleaning, most commercial cleaners like that are cleaning at night. And so you have very little to zero contact with the customer. Right. And I always find it fascinating. You know what? I was just, I was just talking to someone who they keep losing, they clean houses. So mm -hmm. they clean residential houses. But they keep having a problem where they'd hire someone, they'd get really good at working, and then they would start their own company. And they wouldn't start their own company and go start knocking on doors that they didn't know. They would take some of the customers that they were doing for this other person right, with them. Right. Yeah. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because our discussion, we were talking about it. I was saying one of the challenges that you have to overcome is your customer can't know, like, and admire and respect your employee more than they know, like, and admire you. It sounds like the only person they were seeing was the cleaner. And so, of course, they're like, you know, if you ever go out on your own, I'll definitely go with you. Right, right. So you have to be you have to be in front of your client more and make that effort. What was it like for you when you were doing commercial cleaning to get in front of your clients? Was that part of what your job was too? Definitely. So you're right. Most of our work did come in, in the nighttime when I was, my shift was just a nightmare <laughs> because I'm there with the team at night, but I'm also having to make time for them face-to-face -face and one-on-ones with the clients when they're at work. So in the morning time, so I'm literally, I can get off at maybe two o'clock in the morning and have to be right with the client at maybe uh, like 10 o'clock next day, 10 o'clock same morning. So yeah, sleep was rare in between. <laughs> that and you have kids at home <laughs> yeah. it has something called a life besides that but you know what is that <laughs> but uh yeah it was like i said it was i'm a people person automatically naturally so it was always a pleasure getting to form the relationships and that's what it, you know that was my always my goal um and so you learn the, the people you learn what their their necks are and what they um, love to see, you know, a lot of them, of course, the first thing you want to have a great floor check in those kind of facilities because they like to see, you know, the floors clean and everything like that. So, you don't, you all just, you know, it depends on the client and, you know, making sure you can sound their report, what they like, what they dislike, and, you know, trying to anticipate and, you know, be proactive when it comes to that kind of stuff. Did you guys ever have, do you guys ever utilize any type of, I don't know. How did you let your client know that you were there the night before? Do you know what I mean? Like, did you have any kind of mechanism, any kind of anything you left behind or a note, a gift? I know a woman in who cleans houses in Boston. Her name's Lakeisha and she's super fantastic and she gives cookies away. So every time she cleans your house, she leaves you with cookies. She's <laughs> super well, great. But when you're doing commercial cleaning, yeah, how you do you let people know? quite expensive if you're leaving one behind every time. A million percent because it's every day, right? She's doing houses, you know, every two weeks or whatever. So it's not the same thing. So the main thing I would leave behind is a smell of a clean room. You And we have products that, you know, once we spray them, um, the minute the client opens the door, they can tell we've been there. 
you know, um, mm-hmm. the the appearance. If they left it, if they left their office, you know, the chairs are misplaced or, you know, stuff like that. You put in the chair where it's supposed to go. You know, you're not rearranging desk or paperwork, but you're definitely making it to where your presence was known. You know, hey, it start for me. I'm a, I'm a smell guy. So if it smells, you know, open up a room and smells fresh. Hey, housekeeping's definitely been in here. Yeah. Smell is clean. <laughs> Somebody's mm-hmm. been here, you know. So I was, um, yeah. I was cleaning a daycare recently and we were having a little bit of problem. We were having two problems. One with the amount of time they were giving us to clean it because we were cleaning it in the morning before they opened. So instead of that night or in the afternoon, they wanted to just clean first thing in the morning. So you can imagine with a daycare, they have an awful lot of chairs and, you know, having to pick up all the chairs and put them all down. And so we finally got them to be able to pick the chairs up themselves at night, put them on the desk or the tables. And then in the morning, our social proof or our proof that we were there, all the chairs would be on the floor. So we'd sweep them off the floor, which made it super easy for us because then we could do it super fast. We didn't have to move the chairs. And then as we mopped, we would just put the chairs down. So they'd come in. They'd see the chairs down. They'd go, all right, housekeeping was here. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Yeah. And that's even in the current climate we're in now, cleaning and sanitizing and proving that you've been in there is even more important in the current state that we're in. So, yeah, that's definitely evolved since then. My friend, uh, Lisa McQueen, who is in Australia, and she owns a cleaning company, her and her husband. And she said that they've been getting a lot of requests because they do a lot of most of what they do is commercial cleaning, which is at night when nobody's around. And she was saying that a lot of her clients are asking her to add staff during the day for them for the same reason you're saying, just so they have eyeballs like, oh, they see a cleaner. Mm-hmm. They just to give that confidence boost that there is somebody there. Yeah, yeah. And which is good. If I was a betting man, you know, and probably a smart man, I would invest in just those clean and sanitized stickers that you have the hotels in. And, you know, because, again, even some of the clients I'm working with now at the center, they want to know that when they open up a dressing room, that it's been clean and sanitized. And how do you do that? We'll put a sticker right on the right on the dressing room door that only can be cracked once you open the door. So I can bet those are going up in numbers. They request those. I'm not sure how I feel about those. I only because I don't think that they look good to see a rip sticker on the door. I see them in hotels all the time. You know, I've been in and out of hotels all the time. And a lot of hotels are using them. There's also a, a product. Can't think of what it is. What the type? What it, the name of it is off the top of my head? Maybe you know. But you can put it on door handles, mm-hmm. and it stays sanitized. Mm-hmm. So it's like a wrap that you stick on the door. And they too, they're making a ton of money selling those things. But even that, I wouldn't, you know, you know what the best thing that I've ever seen is Wegmans. Do you know Wegmans? You ever heard of Wegmans? It's a grocery store up here in New York. I think they're in New Jersey. They're a very large grocery store chain, but up here. I saw a guy take out a wand, like a wand and go to the bathroom door. He goes into the bathroom checks the bathroom on his way out he takes this wand out of his pocket and he puts it up against this like a quarter size plate that's on the side of the door and he attaches you know like checks in with it and so i stop him I'm like what is that and he said that everywhere that they go there is this little medallion thing that this wand attaches to and it sends a note a little check mark in a computer system 
that tracks where we go and how often we're checking bathrooms, front entrances. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've seen that. And a lot of security uses that too, just as checkpoints there. Oh, that. sure. That yeah. makes sense. I love that. I love that because it does give you the confidence. You know, at the same time, every gas station I go into, you see on the back of the door, it has somebody signed off that the restroom was cleaned at, you know, 315 today. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been in the industry so long to where even when I'm on vacation, I'm looking at things to where from a, a housekeeping manager perspective. So I was just in Cancun in, in July. And the place I went, man, their floors were just so immaculate. I'm like, what do you guys use? <laughs> what do you guys use? <laughs> so, but saying that, one of the things I did find, it wasn't Cancun, but it was a hotel I was in. Just the, my, the sense of comfort I got, having that sticker there that was not broken, saying that it was sanitized. It just, oh, good. It comfortable. Now, the challenge is, like you said, the aesthetics of it, it may not look as, as good having the sticker, but I think in, in this climate we're in, again, some aesthetics have to go out the window because, you know, I would rather not have a, a sanitized station right in front of my pristine performing arts center. But there it is. <laughs> There's yeah. sanitizer right there because it's just some stuff we just have to do to make sure people are being, you know, safe and um, we're, uh, you know, securing them when they come to the facility now. Yeah, no, I agree. And at the same time, though, I just read that one of the most disinfected pieces of equipment now like the top like everybody's disinfecting it is the the handle on a shopping cart because everybody takes a you know hand sanitizer when they walk up to the grocery store they have a big bag you know a big thing of hand sanitizer and wipes and they just every that thing is it didn't even got paint on it anymore <laughs> they've taken the paint off of those things and i'm reminded even before the pandemic in cleaning and hotel cleaning, we always left sanitizer wipes, you know, just like a little packet for the remote control, or the telephone, you know, like the door, all those common places because people, you know, because it came out, it wasn't that long ago where the, you know, big studies came out, you know, the dirtiest thing in a hotel room is the remote control. And everybody went up in arms like, oh my God, how often is the remote control being cleaned? And so we started to provide those little packets of sani wipes. And so I wonder if, and again, I still work primarily in healthcare. So I'm not in the, I'm not in the hotel space anymore, but I do wonder, I would be completely fine as a consumer, as somebody going to a hotel. I'd be completely satisfied if you left me sanitizers in the room and I just did it because I'm probably going to anyway. Yeah. I'm probably going to wipe down the remote. I'm probably going to wipe down the phone. I won't even use the phone. I'll probably wipe down the desk, you know, the bat. I'm going to do it anyway. So, you know. Well, everybody's not as clean as you, Ralph. Well. We can't leave that. <laughs> That's fair. Housekeepers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. So when did you get to the Dr. Phillips Center? Yeah, so I got to Dr. Phillips um, right after doing uh, the contract work for those centers and doctor's offices. So, and it was, I mean, one of my, being a local from Orlando, I've always wanted to work downtown. It's one of them things where just the atmosphere and, you know, the culture down there is amazing. 
it's a local lake called Lake Eola that I love to walk in and love to run. I'm a I'm a runner. I do uh, run. I run some three Ks every now and then. And wow! To, so um, that's awesome. And so I just had seen an opportunity uh, pop up on Indeed one day. They were looking for a housekeeping manager, and I just went for the opportunity. And uh, luckily, I got it, and uh, I've been there, been there ever since. And you know, I love it. Uh, great culture of arts and acceptance, um, and it's a wonderful place to work at. So let's talk about it. You, so it's a performing arts center, which means I think they also have an exhibit space there or meeting space there, right? So it's um, a mix of uh, theaters and uh, ballrooms, small event spaces, as well as a uh, school of arts that are one of our local hospitals um, uh, sponsored as the, the name sponsor of. Perfect. Perfect. And that's what I thought. And so what that means for us in the cleaning industry is you really have a 6, 7 a.m. till 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 p.m. where you could be having to have staff and significant staff depending on the day. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. A normal, a normal shift would be anywhere start from 630 to 730 at night and run. It could run all the way to midnight, depending on what event we have in the facility. Yeah, a million percent. I wonder. So you got to tell me, just because I'm, I'm so curious about it. How do you set your schedules from week to week, and how? I mean, you must. In my head, you kind of like sit down with a group of people and go, "All right, these are the events on the calendar for this week or for next week." Right, right. And you take what the events are, what the opening and closing times are, what the estimated amount of people are coming in, and all those come in to go. Okay, I need five housekeepers. I need seven floor, whatever. Right. Yeah, so we definitely work hand in hand with our programming team when they use a system to where all the departments are aware and it gets updated every day, daily, what's going on throughout the facility. And we plan pretty much a whole physical year and we just add stuff to the year, uh, to the calendar. So I can easily go on there in the system and see what's going on for the next week and plan my, and schedule my staff according to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Have you, have you, do anything other than cleaning? Like, are you in charge of security, transport, maintenance? Is there, you know, sometimes once um, we get in there, we kind of assume everything. Right. And so our department itself is, is has two entities, which is housekeeping and engineering, which is under umbrella of facilities. So I have a unique experience right now being technically a facilities manager, where I am pretty much overseeing both departments um, with that. So, um, yeah. Both engineering and housekeeping? That's pretty great. And what kind of flooring do you have there? So we have Tazer team. Well, first of all, it's, if you ever been, it's immaculate. It's, it's beautiful. So the lobby itself is it's a Tazer team stone. Uh, so, you know, if you're just looking at the naked eye, it's all, oh, this is marble. No. <laughs> it just looks like marble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can wax it, right? I mean, you can wax it. You can buff it. Yeah. So we we do we do buff it and we keep it shine, but with a tazzatine, it's a special way that you can't have it too shiny and slick because, you know, you want to make sure that people are not, you know, coming in and just slipping all over the place. So it's definitely a process to where we like it shiny, but we don't like it to where it's ice cream, ice skating ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's definitely a technique that our floor techs have been trained on. Just make sure that it's, you see yourself in it, you definitely can see reflection, but, um, you just can't see yourself falling down. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't seen the Dr. Philip Hunter, Google it because 
the image, it's all glass, right? Yeah. So the, yeah. there's yeah. no shortage of sunlight coming in, hitting those floors. Right, right. So that's the whole, the architecture in mind had where it's art for every life. And so we try to make it to where it's welcoming. A lot of, a lot of the old school performing arts is very enclosed. But um, one of the things about our center is you can see, you know, this is even from the inside, a lot of our offices, office spaces, they don't have curtains or anything like that. It's definitely, um, you know, inclusion oriented to where we want you to feel welcome. We want you to see what's going on inside of the space on a nightly basis. So um, that was a thought, thought behind it. And it was an awesome thought, you know, it's just a challenge to be cleaning all those windows. <laughs> when you have that much glass, right? <laughs> you, you see it all. You see it all. See it all. But um, yeah. And, you know, as a housing manager, you know, that's an opportunity to where you have to schedule, you know, the quarterly cleanings of you know, glass and window spaces just to make sure, again, that, you know, you're keeping up that immaculate appearance that guests are looking forward to seeing every day. Yeah. You know what else is super fun is that while it's a performing arts center, it's also an office building, right? So there's, you have offices, you have event space, you have set up, you have tear down, right, right? right? Like it's, it's, you have catering, you have every aspect of cleaning you have. I imagine you have an awful lot of rubber floors in the back where, you know, and all the entrance, all the service entrances are on the kitchen. You have ceramic tile, you have carpeting probably in some of the office. You must have every area surface to clean possible how many kitchens do you have how many bathrooms do you have i mean there must be a million in there oh my gosh <laughs> there you know between front of house which is you know what the normal guests can see and then back of house the office spaces you know we have i'm just going to say a numerous amount of bathrooms <laughs> because you know not just you know just the normal bathrooms but then you know the dressing rooms that have their own bathroom inside oh sure so yeah yeah cleaning bathroom spaces. But again, that's a great opportunity to make sure that that is because, I mean, we take pride in our bathrooms, Ralph. We, we had a reviewer months back that she put, it's an honor to pee here. That's <laughs> how good, you know, so yeah, yeah, we take the, we take, we take our bathroom cleaning with pride. <laughs> I love everything about that. I had a reviewer one time say they wrote that uh, Ralph Peterson makes me want to clean bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> or maybe she said toilets. Yeah. Makes me want to clean toilets. That's a pretty good compliment. That's a yeah. pretty good compliment. <laughs> honor to pee here. I don't know, that's going to be the show title. <laughs> it's an honor to pee here. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I would too. Let me ask you to pee here. I'm swear I'm calling this episode. It's an honor to pee here. That's the greatest like, title ever. <laughs> Housekeepers podcast. We're talking to. <laughs> Josiah <laughs> Moore, he's the executive housekeeper down there at the Dr. Phillips Center in Orlando, Florida. Google it. Trust me, you want to Google this place. It's so great. What? How is staffing for you guys right now? What was last year like? Last year was a challenge, like in you know a lot of places, especially in an area, a tourism area like Orlando and Central Florida, to where we depend on people coming to our our area, the entertainment spaces that we have. So we got down to bare minimum staff that's able to run a building. So we're talking about, you know, just maybe one, three or four housekeepers and, you know, just whatever it is, just to keep the operations going. And that was in every department. Now I am 
privilege to be at a forward thinking facility like Dr. Phillips to where we remained open throughout the pandemic just because of things and oversight that they had made and, and the decisions they had made to just keep us keep us afloat and keep us going. Some people got furloughed and, and laid off for some time, but um, we're able to come back eventually because we made some some moves and steps and you know thought outside the box with event planning and how to bring local art and people back to work. So we, you know, created this whole front yard festival that was brought, you know, events from the inside, took it out to a pod area. So we had pod and distant pods to where people could be safe and still watch the concert, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, so staffing was definitely a challenge, but, you know, we've got over that hurdle and look forward to the upcoming season, such as Broadway, and we see, you know, that, that sort of stuff picking back up now. I wonder, you know, just being in Orlando and it is such a great town and there's so many things to do and see and unique restaurants and theme parks. I mean, there's, you know, it's got to be one of the greatest places. Has, you know, through your career, has staffing always been a challenge or there's always been a pretty good pool of staffing? What is the answer? I honestly don't know. Well, I'll tell you right now, Staffing is, you know, because now we're coming out of the, not a, out of the pandemic itself, but, you know, people are at the workforce coming there, entering the workforce again. And it's competitive, you know, with rates and pay. You know, the challenge for me is, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're not going to be the company that has the greatest or the largest pay rate, but you hope that they buy into the culture and what you're presenting as far as the atmosphere that you have at the place, because you know, you go to a random place and they're offering a thousand dollar signing bonus. And, you know, a lot of employers cannot compete with that. So yeah. the challenge is, you know, making sure you have somebody that shares the same passion for cleaning, for people, and it can buy into what you're trying to sell as an organization, as a department moving forward. Because again, my, my goal as the manager is to make sure that you enjoy what you do. And it's not just something that you do, but you have a passion behind it. So, you know, and that helps every department, you know, just in general, you know, making sure you have that great attitude and smiling face that you wouldn't get somewhere else. Yeah, a million percent. And again, being such a touristy town, attitude is really everything. Yeah. I was just at, this is so silly, but, you know, I think you said it earlier, you know, like once you get into a leadership position, once you get into management position, it's hard not to see anything other than a management issue, right? Like everywhere you go, you're just evaluating the management team. And my wife and I just went to a restaurant, a really high end restaurant, busy, busy restaurant, very, very expensive to eat there. And there wasn't a single person who was smiling. And I said to Louise, I said, you know, either... They're intentionally saying, Hey, this is a very, we are a very serious restaurant with a very serious client and we want, you know, no tomfoolery around here. Or it's got to be the most miserable place to work. And I don't know what the answer is, but it was really challenging. I can't imagine that you would want anything other than to begin with a really good disposition before yeah. you even can work yeah. anywhere in Orlando. Yeah. Anywhere. I'm, I'm big on that, you know, because, and that's why, you know, I, I'm definitely advocate on being in something that you're most passionate about. So if something gets on your nerve a lot, you might be passionate about it. Things <laughs> that gets on my nerve is bad customer service, Ralph. When I enter into a restaurant, if if I'm not greeted 
I'm turned off right away. If I'm not greeted within the, you know, the first minute or two when you have inside conversations and don't greet your guests, you know, I'm like, okay, this is the wrong restaurant for me. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, Central Florida is known for tourism and, you know, we try to, you know, make sure we have those places, you know, in Disney, a lot of times the marquee standard for that kind of stuff. Somebody was telling me a story of just how they, they um, some of their receptionists, they answered the phone and they're like, I'm, I'm calling from the fairy town of, I'm like, you're the receptionist and this is what I'm getting right now. That's awesome. You're painting the picture by just answering the phone. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Like you go above beyond to make this, you know, you know, the experience the best, you know. So it's no different in our in industry. You know, you can because a lot of times here's the thing. Half of my employers are not going to speak the best English. OK, but they can smile and a smile is universal. You know, uh, that's one of the things I, t- I teach them. Um, a smile is universal. And whether that's hola, como esta, buenos dias, or hello, good morning. That is um, universal. So uh, the first and then and I say it's a part of your uniform. If you're not smiling, you're out of uniform. <laughs> I like it. If you're not, maybe that's the title. If you're not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to be here. And if you're not smiling, you're out of uniform. Okay. Take votes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be taking votes of what this episode is going to be called. You know, I'm curious how you never, how you never worked for Disney. How did that happen? I don't it seems like it's right up your alley. It seems like it's a shoe fit. I mean, a, a shoe in. Well, I'm a, I told you, I'm a local. So I grew up going to Disney. So it's something that you sort of, you know, ah, Disney, nah, been there, done that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's I, fair. After going, I think after going there, you know, hundreds of times, you're like, I never worked with Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I read, I read a story a while ago. Maybe it was in actually before the pandemic, but there was a woman who lives in Orlando and she's a babysitter. And what she does is she babysits by taking kids to the, the theme parks. That's what she does for a job. I'm like, I feel like I got ripped off from my childhood. We didn't go anywhere. My babysitter sucked. <laughs> Sat on the couch talking to her boyfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is a babysitter bringing kids to Disney? How right, you know, crazy is that? Disney, they they got it so good. They got it so good. So, uh, do you ever? Is is there? Um, what's like? You must be attending some events while you're at Doctor Phillips. Do you get to attend anything? Do you, is oh, there any? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the perks. You know, that's that's part of the culture. That's what I'm selling. You know, when I do, I am recruiting. We uh, you're able to take part in some awesome events that come. And concerts, Broadway shows, things like that. On any given day, I can walk into the facility and, you know, hear some Mozart or, you know, kids singing. And it's just like, wow, I'm, I'm coming to this every day. And sometimes you take it for granted, but um, it's definitely a, you know, culture that, you know, I love. You know, you come in and, you know, at any moment you listen to anything from, you know, a Mozart piece or, you know, some kind of ballet going on and it's blasting throughout the, the facility and you just see, you know, you know, everybody just, you know, have a different vibe and culture by itself. So definitely. Yeah, a million percent. I worked as a cleaner for the Stowe Mountain Performance Arts Center in Stowe, Vermont. And they would have these awesome concerts all summer long. And I was always there. I was all I drove a forklift. 
It's one of the skills. You, oh, is that clean? Or driving a forklift? Trust me, that's a great skill to have. Because yeah, we're picking up trash outside, you know, doing the dumpsters and all the trash cans in the parking lots and all of that. Like we were busy the entire time while the concert's going on, but you can still hear it. It's really great. It wasn't until, still burns my chops here. It wasn't until the end of the season that I learned that there were two cleaners who were backstage every show cleaning. They were backstage with Soulless Island, with Screaming Trees, with Aerosmith. Like, what? Yeah. What? I could. Housekeepers podcast. I was outside riding a forklift, picking up trash in the parking lot. <laughs> These other two jokers are back there cleaning up after Aerosmith. I wanted to clean up after Aerosmith. I like Soul Asylum. And that's saying, in my opinion, that's the goal to be there but not be there. So, you know, I, I consider myself a housekeeping ninja. All right. I like it. You know, you respond to something so quick and it's, it's, it never happened. What spill? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. What Maybe spill? it's going to be called Housekeeping Ninja. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's something that, you know, we pride ourselves in, you know, getting in and out of the situations where you're not disrupting an event so they can still enjoy the show and, you know, you're getting in and getting out and getting a good response time. I was at, this is not quite the same thing, but a little bit the same thing. I was at a bar and they have the bar. It's called Gusto's Bar in Vermont and they have an indoor and an outdoor. And once you get in the bar, you can go out in the backyard and there's horseshoes and basketball and there's no way to get out from the backyard because it's a huge fence. You're in there. So it's a safe place, you know, as far as like liability goes and everything. In the summer months, everybody's out there just partying it up. There's bonfires and all that. Well, there's also a lot of people who, you know, overdo it and they get sick in the backyard. And I remember seeing this guy. He would just be, you don't even, again, to your housekeeping ninja kind of thing. <laughs> didn't even know he was there. And he's just, you know, over in a dark corner somewhere and somebody gets sick and he comes flying over with a hose. Do, 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 do. In two seconds, the party's still going on. It's cleaned up completely. Nobody saw anything. The girl's getting another drink. You know she's getting another drink. <laughs> yeah. Those are housekeeping goals. <laughs> <laughs> just back there just waiting for something to happen. Like, <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm, uh, I'm so happy to meet you. Yeah, yeah, same here, man. I'm having a blast, Ralph. It's such a great conversation. I feel like I could talk to you all day about this. It's just yeah, yeah, kindred spirits, my friend, kindred spirits. Indeed, indeed. Housekeepers podcast. Right. Honor to be here. That's why we call it the cleanest hour in podcasting, because that's what we're talking about. Being a housekeeping ninja. <laughs> what spill? That's the best part. Because I don't know if it works as a title because it's housekeeping ninja. What spell? Like you, you have to put it together. What spell? <laughs> yeah. That's when you know you're good. That's when you know you're on top of your game. That's when you know. That's when you know. Yeah. Yeah. When somebody goes to, uh, you know, they see something and they go to the front desk and they're like, hey, I just want to let you know there's an issue in this bathroom. And then the front desk curl it goes, calls you up, go, hey, there's a problem. Yeah, we already took care of it. Oh, right. Right. We already took care of it. Like, it's already done. Yeah. Put the phone down. It's already done. <laughs> Love it. 
Love it. Again, I'm so happy to meet you. Like I said, yeah. it's such a weird way to even, you know, uh, how I meet people. And, you know, it's just, it's so crazy sometimes. And somebody just right. literally goes, have you seen the Dr. Phillips Center? It's like, no. Well, whoever cleans that place, you're going to have a show. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it, man. You know, it's been an industry and I appreciate your podcast because it really shines a light on, you know, profession that you know we're, we're behind the scenes you know and we have our own stories to tell and uh so just thank you for you know creating that that, that avenue to tell tell the story and you know get tips um, from different professions and different aspects so i appreciate it man yeah thank you so much for saying that i love it you know yeah. i've been in this industry for my whole life and the people i meet just like you i mean it's crazy it's crazy yeah. such, such great people and hard workers before we go, I really do have to ask because it's just burning in my head here. You said you were in Cancun and you said their floor care was on point. And God. you said, how, what are they using? D did you get an answer? Is it Windex? What are they buffing with? I didn't get an answer. Maybe ah, I, son of a... Maybe it was in Spanish and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> how do you say Windex in Spanish? So I could have got an answer, but then, you know, I didn't have my English or Spanish app at that point. Okay. Yeah, because I was in Mexico. I'm going to say Mexico. Is, yeah. Who cares where I was? But I was in Mexico, and I saw a cleaner use the toilet to get water out for the mop. And that's the opposite of what yeah, yeah. your experience. That wouldn't work. In, that wouldn't work. <laughs> I remember I remember just seeing it like out of the corner of my eye and going, Did, wait, what just happened? Did yeah. that did that just happen? <laughs> Again, I didn't speak the language, so who the heck knows? Yeah, so it's funny because I'm such a floor tech fanatic. I'm I'm so interested in every time somebody posts a picture of floors, I'm always like, that looks amazing. How many coats of wax is on it? You know, like I just want to know. How many diamonds in, in that patch? And although I love a freshly waxed floor, I really do. It looks like it's wet. You know, it just looks really, really amazing. You want to impress me? Show it to me in four days later. Like, I want to see the buffing routine. I want to see the maintenance. Let's see how that looks on a regular day. Not overnight stripping and refinishing. Not that I don't appreciate it. I know how much work goes into it. I do like it, uh -huh. but I like a buff floor. Right, because, you know, a dry floor and a wet floor, and a wet floor can be, you know, I, I learned this again in the senior uh, living facility. You know, you can have, it can look wet. It can be like, that's clean. And as soon as you dry it, like, you know, it's not, <laughs> not clean at all. It was just wet. You know, nowadays, what's fun about having a cell phone on you at all times is a lot of people, especially in house cleaning and residential cleaning, we use our phones to document clean. Right. And so we're sending pictures to our clients, sending pictures to our boss. Hey, you know, this, look at this floor. And of course, it looks amazing because it's wet. <laughs> oh, I never want to bring it up because I'm, you know, I know we're sending the same pictures to the homeowners. And I, you know, as long as they just get the picture, they're just showing it to their friends like, oh, look at my kitchen. Look at that floor. It looks really great, you know. They're not hopefully realizing when they get home, hey, the floor does not look the way it looked in that picture. <laughs> That's we have enough. a 4K camera on that thing. 
I love it. I, I love the pickup lines we have right now. It's not clean, it's wet. We're up to like five decent lines right now. We're, we're not bad. We're not bad. So it's an honor to pee here. It's in the running. <laughs> if you're not smiling, you're out of uniform. Not yeah. terrible. Not terrible. Housekeeping ninja. What spill? And uh, <laughs> it's not clean, it's wet. No, what did we say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not clean, it's wet. <laughs> not clean, it's wet. I don't know what uh, what we're going to call this, but I, I just absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much again, Josiah, for being on the show and, yeah. and for everything you're doing because you're one of those examples of people meeting people in the cleaning business and they go, oh, it really is a profession. Oh, it really is yeah. full of hardworking professional people, you know. Indeed. So uh, I appreciate it. I really appreciate that about you and uh, thank you. Hey, no problem. Thank you, Ralph. It was a pleasure talking with you, man. Yes, sir. Don't go anywhere. Everyone else, we will see you all later. This has been the Housekeepers Podcast. Again, if you like the show, if you enjoyed today's show, please make sure. Hey, by the way, are you hiring? Oh, thanks for asking that. Yeah. <laughs> How do we apply? If, somebody, if somebody's looking for, if you're in Orlando, you're you want to work for a cool person in a cool building doing cool things, just um, Click on that link. It has a, a number of opportunities right now to where uh, you can join our facility. That's housekeeping, our um, engineering. Um, so, yeah, on what both. You, so it's drphillipscenter.org. And what do you call your cleaners? Are they called housekeepers? Are they called cleaners? Are they called? We actually call them porters. Um, porters. Yeah. And, and Dr. Phillips, yeah. Everybody has a different name. Yeah, whatever. Just trying to get the lingo. Yes. Yeah. Just trying to get the lingo. That's it. The Housekeepers Podcast. If you want to go and work for Josiah, and I recommend it, do go to drphillipcenter.org, and you can find out all the opportunities there. Otherwise, if you love the show, as I know you did, make sure that you're subscribing and that you're liking and sharing and telling everybody about it. If you're really, really cool, maybe you'll write a review. Would love that about you. Anyway, that's it. Josiah Moore for Dr. Phillips Center. Which again, I'm telling you, you've got to see this place. Google it. It's amazing looking. I'm Ralph Peterson, the House Heated Podcast. We will see you. That's it, the Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Keep in mind, the best way to ensure that you never miss an episode of the Housekeepers Podcast is by subscribing to the show and following us on social media. For those of you who are more visually stimulated, you can always watch us record the show live each week on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. In fact, we post all of our videos on YouTube, so make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you love the show and you want to help us out, please consider writing a review and sharing the show with all your friends and families and colleagues. And if you are looking for more information about today's guest, all of their contact information and the links to their website are in the show's notes. That's it. Until next time, this has been the cleanest hour in podcasting. I am Ralph Peterson, and I'll see you later.